What is going on, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Earn a Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger, more resilient, and far more capable of things than they believe in or are even told are possible. I'm your host, Zach Kanadi. And folks, today we have an extra, extra, extra special and interesting episode for you today. Uh, this is the third episode of Chats with Zach. I have not only the metaphorically crazy, but also the literally crazy uncle. Amen. Michael John Kanati. <laughs> Michael James Kanati. <laughs> you know what? Uh, fuck you, Mick. <laughs> I call him Mickey. He's my uncle. My dad's old. My dad's younger brother. Father would kick my ass if you heard that. That's exactly right. <laughs> He's much and... older than I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, today we're here to just kind of have a good old conversation. I did mention Mickey is the metaphorically and literally crazy uncle. Yes. Um, he is diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And so we're kind of going to dive into that because... Among a few others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the five voices probably don't help. Um, but he's a pretty extreme person, as you guys will come to know. And so I think maybe a little bit, you know, three notches down, a lot of you guys will be able to get a lot of really good lessons out of here and maybe resonate with some of his own uh, struggles that he's gone through, going from when he was... Di- well, before diagnosis, diagnosis... To kind of the pits of hell, and lately he's actually been in a really, really good spot. Very good. Uh, which has been great to hear because it was not so for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mickey, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit more? Well, I think Say you anything? just did a good job, except for about how nice I am, good-looking, <laughs> single. <laughs> I do have some available. I do have some readers <laughs> in your age range, but I believe all of them are married. So. Well, I'm sure there's some singles out there. How do you know what my age range is? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, this is going to be a hoot today. Well. <laughs> so back to bipolar. That was my other voice. Sorry. <laughs> we did say he has five of them. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'll give you a little introduction to your and I's relationship because... So when I was a kid, you lived in Indiana, very yep. far away, which ironically is where I'm moving next week. <laughs> yes. And, and now you're here, so I'm going to be moving where you were and you're where I was. Yep. Uh, and then you, uh, we came down and visited you for Christmas one year for like a week, week and a half. Yep. Uh, when you were still married and then you got a divorce. And then recently yes. after that, you moved up to the States, or into the States, yeah, up to Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> and... Then you and I started talking a lot more because you were kind of just like that crazy uncle that came around every once in a while. How could you not want to talk to me? And, well, <laughs> no. How could you not want to? <laughs> uh, and All then, these words of wisdom that I have. <laughs> no, I don't know if I call them wisdom, but there's definitely a lot of words. There's a lot of words. Of <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we've kind of been hanging out a lot more. You lived with my old man for a little bit. You lived with grandpa for a little bit. Yes, um, I did. <laughs> now you're being a bum because you just got surgery from an ankle that you fucked up a whole year ago. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> I'll give you guys a little preface. Mickey is probably the clumsiest person I know. 
We just took his dog Max for a walk. Max is a great dog, by the way. Uh, and he tripped over about four rocks mm -hmm. that I didn't even see. So they were probably more like pebbles. <laughs> no, I am in a boot. Let everyone know that. <laughs> nah, I was just going to leave that part out of there. <laughs> just to emphasize the clumsiness. Yes, but not to say that wouldn't happen on a normal basis, but right now I'm in a boot. <laughs> so it makes it even worse. Yep, yep. <laughs> I have to regulate five voices and my balance. <laughs> you know, it makes sense why you fall over so much. It does, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's always made sense to me, no one else, but it always has to me. <laughs> uh, so Mickey, why don't you go ahead and tell people kind of like the, like right before you got diagnosed with bipolar and kind of what was leading up into your diagnosis like life events like your mental state like yeah you know. it was gosh you know i remember first time i realized i know i d didn't have my driver's license yet so i was wasn't 16 um that something was wrong so i was probably 50, 14 15 is um, i just i've always had this weird feeling inside but i was i would get so upset that i just wanted to rip my chest open and i said to my mom your grandma I was crying one day and I was so upset and I just said, this has to stop. I just have to feel, I just felt like I had to rip my chest open to get rid of whatever was making me so upset and that was just driving me crazy. It was just making me, well, at that time it was manic. I had no idea what it was, but right. um, I just wanted, it just felt like I just needed to rip my chest open. Could you maybe go into a little bit more depth of like what, now that you know, like what is a manic state? You know, there's so many different um, level or there's so many different types of mania, um, for a man, there's manic and then there's manic depression. Um, when I'm manic um, or up, you know, I have um, everything is great. You know, the king of the world. And with me, it's I don't sleep. Um, I don't. Uh, I my brain is always going, and, and I have that problem. And you have that problem. It runs in the family, <laughs> where it just it doesn't stop, and mine just goes a lot faster in a lot of different directions because. Um, I'm bipolar and so everything goes so fast and so before I knew what it was and what was going on I just thought that I couldn't stop I just thought that but I thought everyone was like that I just thought that I couldn't handle it I thought everyone was, was the same as me I didn't know I mean I was yeah. 14 15 years old I just thought I was like a wimp that couldn't handle it because I was getting upset and you know I couldn't control that I was crying well everyone's going through the same thing they're all my age I didn't know that it, not everyone was. <laughs> right, that you were different. Yeah, I had no idea. I just figured everyone else was doing yeah, the same thing. But I mean, that's like right going into high school. Yeah, oh yeah. Height of puberty. Yep. So, I mean, you got oh, all yeah. the hormonal differences. Yep. and I just knew that there was something, there was something that I, that I just couldn't control and that it hurt. It physically hurt. My body hurt and my chest hurt. Um, and that's why I just kept saying to grandma that I just wanted to rip my chest open. So how did that kind of continue through the rest of your teens and into like your early adulthood? You know, and at that time, no one really knew, and Grandma didn't know. You know, what went to the doctor? They put me on antidepressants, um, yeah. and so probably you know, fourteen, fifteen is when my I grandma started. Grandma was a nurse, by the way, yeah. so everybody knows that might help. Yeah, context. and so yeah, and so, um, but you know, there was there wasn't a lot of research on mental health. You know, I mean, this was only what how many years ago? Twenty, maybe. <laughs> Nice try there, Mickey. 15. No, but you know, just mental health wasn't. Try like 35. <laughs> but you know, there just wasn't all the knowledge on it and that. And so, you know, doctors put me on antidepressants, which finding out with bipolar makes it worse. It doesn't help. And so that's why it became so much harder for me um, because I was on antidepressants the whole time, not knowing that it's enhancing it instead of making it better. So when you'd be manic, would, you, would it push you further into mania then? Or would it just make it more irregular? 
I don't know if you I don't know if you can get pushed more into mania. Um, I get you probably can. It could be some type of a a um, phys physiological trigger or something like that. But you know, mania once for me, there's no um, it when I because I don't regulate because that's what you know I don't regulate if I I don't go I don't go into a depression I don't go through the stages. I'm here, and then I go to a manic depression. I'm on the couch, and I'm and suicidal. I don't have so that like in between. Baseline to yeah, rock, to rock, rock bottom. bottom. Yeah, and there's no there's no step gradual. Down, there's no. I'm starting to feel this way. I'm you know, this and that. It's A to Z. Um, mm. In in you know when I started fluctuating, then it was at any moment. Um, but so there's no. I don't get the signals that I'm getting upset or I'm getting going through that I'm boom there and the same thing with mania if I go into a manic episode I'm from A only I'm I have the energy I can do everything I don't have to stop I can start a million projects I don't need to sleep everything's great I want to do this I want to do that I want to take on 15 million different things and and I'm good at all of them um, and yeah, then your body, body starts reacting because I don't sleep and I don't you're not on your medicine because you feel so good and so then there's all these other you, you know there's a lot of Bad, bad manic, bad, bad decisions that are made when you're manic. Um, yeah, and so described as like the world's best ever coke. Yes, that's a very good way to put it. <laughs> and there's you know there's different and there's a lot of and people go into different when they're manic they may their their thing may be big thing may be spending money because there's people with bipolar that will go into a manic episode that when they're in their when they're in a mania they will be spending thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and not thinking twice about it and you know they're taking out loans from everything buying if they you know houses everything they can um and not thinking about it um and then there you know there's there's the manic you know there's people that do it sexually there's people that do it with money there's people that do it with spending there's people that do it with shoplifting and when they're manic that's because it's the hide of the whatever that fixes their fixation but um, mm. everything is for mania it's everything if it's something you could ch if, if, if you could chase something with bipolar everyone would want to chase the mania side because you feel good you're right. happy you've got energy everything is great ever the world is great you can do anything you're not afraid of anything um, but you don't it's not a feeling that you can chase like a, you know like I don't it's not like I'm a drug addict where I want to chase the high I don't chase the mania. I wish I could, because <laughs> I, I would stay there forever if I possibly could. You know, if there was a way to regulate it, because it feels so good, but you can't, right? Uh, because your body will shut down. And yeah, I mean, I remember like you call a cricket or a dad and be like, "Yeah, I haven't slept in like two weeks or whatever." Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that was, and I'll go with literally no sleep, with not even closing my eyes for probably three or four days is the most before my body will like start to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just be sitting up and sleeping. Yeah, just because. But yeah. my mind will still be going. And that won't stop, so I'll feel like I'm awake. Yeah. So you were married and had a pretty high-level mm -hmm. job when you lived in Indianapolis. How was – and that was before you were even diagnosed yet, and you were, like, well into your career, correct? Well, well, no, I, was, I wasn't I was well into – when I was first diagnosed, no, I was in – well, I was in – yeah, I was in my career um, probably about four or five years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I was probably 20. Oh, yeah, I didn't know you were diagnosed that early. 25. Yeah, yeah, because I was hired on with my intern right after my internship, and then I was promoted within the six months to a director's position and then promoted again. Um, okay. It, the, my, 
if, if the only benefit of it is for me, bipolar helped me in my job because. So what was your job? Tell people about that. We managed facilities, worked for a facility management company. So we did concerts and we managed arenas and stadiums and convention centers and theaters. And so we would do concerts and tours and, and it was all entertainment and festivals and that kind of stuff. And so there was long hours and a lot of pre-planning. I'd be working on something today, but it wouldn't happen for two years. Because you're planning events that far out, you know, working with the Blue Angels, it's two years out that you're working with them, you know. So the right. good thing about that is because when you're bipolar and you're manic, your attention span is so short that you're doing a million things, but you're not finishing anything. Right, you're taking you're one taking or two little steps. bits of everything because you just your attention span is so short that that's all I can do. But it's always constantly going on to something else. With my job, ever, since everything is so far out, I am just doing little bits of things, then I'm moving on to something else, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm accomplishing everything with my job because it's. Yeah. Doing it so far out, but yet it's working with my brain because I could be working on 25 different events at the same time. So my brain is always switching and it's constantly moving anyway. So it helped me um, because yeah. I was always having to switch and focus on different things anyway. You had a key to the city, you were oh, a yeah. professor, then you opened yep. up your own pizza pit or pizza yeah. pit business yep. while you were still doing that. And then you still had yeah, your other executive job it, for a little it, bit. And after all that, I mean, this was early on when I, once I was regulated, um, then, you know, then I became even more, you know, that's when I really started becoming successful, really. Was um, that because, like, it wasn't, like, to, like, a million, it was maybe only to, like, 100,000? It's, so, like, toned down just a little bit where you could control it better? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, and I, I use the word normal because I don't know how else to ex- describe it because I'm, I'm up high or I'm up low. And so, to me, to get regulated is what is normal to everyone else. Is what, what how it works in my brain. I don't, you know, I don't think you're there's a normal. Yeah, you're assuming. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think there is a normal. But in my brain, you know, someone that doesn't have to deal with this, I think, is at a normal state. You know, right. Um, but I forgot where we were going. <laughs> <laughs> Bipolar, everybody. He's just a little bit mad. No, that was that was alcohol. <laughs> Oh yeah, tonight, every episode I'll of Chess I'll let you know when it's bipolar focused. <laughs> See, I'm not one of those people that'll just blame it on my my disorder. <laughs> I was giving a shit. Yep. Tonight, folks, we are drinking Wild Turkey American Honey. The uh, very sweet, but yet delicious uh, rum, or whiskey. It's quite good. We're having it on yes, the it rocks in a couple glasses. Yes, it is. But uh, if I remember right, we were gone. So, let's lead up to, like... Kind of where you and I started talking a lot more, so that'd be right around the time of, like, right or, right after the time, like, right around the time of your divorce. Yeah, we didn't have to go into, wasn't it? Yeah. We didn't have to go into a ton of detail, because that's a whole, that could be five episodes worth yes, of stuff. Yes, it could be. Yes, it could be. <laughs> um, but in, through, like, a mental health lens, you know, yeah. what was that like? You know, for me, it was, um, I you know, it's really hard to... For me, if if um, bipolar is medicine, it's not something that I can fix through um, my diet and exercise and my outlook on life and this and that. It is what it is. Um, you know, there's it's not a chemical imbalance. It's not it. What regulates me is medicine, um, and that is what it is. It's nothing that I'll ever get off of. It's nothing that I'll. You know, there might be things, ways to take it where I can take less. Of something, you know, there might be health, lifestyle changes or something like that that might help to take less of something. But medicine is what helps me, and that's what is 
that makes me regulated where I can uh, function um, in a normal, you know, semi-normal. I'll never be normal, semi-normal state. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have realized he's not a normal human. No. Race. So if there, if there isn't medicine, then it, it, it's a whole completely different ball game um, because then there's there's no control. So for my divorce, um, unfortunately, it, it became ugly, and so the medicine was taken from me, and so. I went, I went, didn't have medicine, I didn't have access to it, I couldn't, it was just a big disaster on trying to get more, it was very complicated. So I wasn't able to get it, to get back on the medicine, I wasn't able to get the prescription for the 30 days, and so I had to go off, I was off the cold turkey, long story short, um, everything has to be stepped down, you can't, any of this medication that I'm on, and these are antipsychotics, um, and they're, you know, there's one antidepressant, but they're antipsychotics and regulators and things like that. And, and they um, all kind of work in conjunction. With yeah, they all other. work together. One doesn't, you know, there's not one alone. It's the combination of it um, that, that is the cocktail of it that, that makes it work. And it takes a long, long time. But I'll tell you what, I knew instantly <laughs> when they got the, the cocktail of medicine right, it was like, wow. <laughs> this is what it's like to just be able to sit here and enjoy and think and and not have to and, and actually take a moment and, and, and realize what's going on. It was really different, uh, but yeah, it's all medicine. And so my it, my medicine was taken, and so um, I went off of everything cold turkey, which sent my body into uh, a shock and it sent me gave me it put me into a stroke. So and that's the reason I had the stroke. And so once so I was going through withdrawal and I had the stroke, and then I was becoming manic all at the same time. Um, and so it became a, it became a disaster, <laughs> is what it was. It became something that was that was something I almost didn't make out of, um, and it's all medicine based. I'm a, it was a very long process. So I think it was about very, two very, or three years before like the divorce was four years total, almost at, to the date. <laughs> yeah, well, and I that was, I think it was like two or three years before like you were, you weren't taking like almost weekly or biweekly trips from. Oh yeah, to the, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was, it was, it was because uh, uh, you're having easy. to deal with like lawyers in court, and it was just yeah, it was it yeah, was lawyers ugly. court. I mean, and on a, just your and, reputation, and and, yeah, and just and if and if someone is just because you and Piper had like a really yeah, we did. Nice we had life. a very we had a very comfortable lifestyle. We had a very good lifestyle, and 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 you know, the thing I was very proud of is we did not have debt. You know, we had uh, we had a house payment, but we had put a lot of money into our house. We didn't. We weren't credit card people, so. You know, we had our stocks and bonds and our, you know, we had an extra land and property and, you know, we, you know, we were savers and so, you know, and, and I had a very good job and, and uh, mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, but you can have it and you can not have it just as fast as you get it, just depending on, but, um, so I, when I became unregulated, I became very sick um, when I didn't have medicine and so it was very hard for me, for a normal person to deal with all of that stuff just on a regular basis would be tough. You need therapy just to get through it on a normal basis. Well, then, when I am not on my medicine, I don't know that I'm not regulating. I don't know that I'm not. It, I don't know that I'm in a in a manic state, whether it's a depression or a mania. I'm just I'm in it. I don't know. My brain doesn't. You know. It just becomes your. Reality. Yeah, it just becomes my reality. That's a good way to put it. I don't. You know, my brain doesn't signal that. You know, you're 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 going into this, and <laughs> I I'm just in it, and that's my life. I don't know that there's a difference from anything else. I didn't know yeah. I felt better a day before that. So mm -hmm. um, once I was in it, I didn't, I didn't, nothing. It was horrible. It was horrible. And I just, you know, there was, it was 
probably the lowest. I mean, because there was suicide and there was everything. It was, um, but it was all based on the regulation of that medicine at that time. Yeah, and, and, and all the other stuff that goes, you know, with divorce itself. So that's about twenty years or so after your diagnosis mm-hmm. yep. is when you got cold turkey cut off of it yep. and. You were so you're going through withdrawals of some really heavy medications. Very heavy medications. Um, and very like, not ones that they're they're like physically like they're they're compared to the withdrawals are compared to heroin withdrawals. Yeah, so they're and like so all, that's, not that's like that's physically all. addictive, but they're right. the same degree degree of withdrawal severity yeah. of it. Yeah. And then that because that was such a shock to your body, because you're on. I mean, I've seen your medicine cabinet. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> he has like a literal bucket full of pharmaceutical yes. drugs. Um, and I'm not exaggerating. No. It's uh-uh. full of drugs. Yeah. And then, so because of that was such a severe shock to your body mm-hmm. that sent you into a stroke. Right. While all at the same time sending you into what sounds like and what I remember being a pretty intense manic state for you. Very intense, a very, very manic depression. If I remember, it was like yeah. you were up and down mm-hmm. and there was no like what you're considering normal for right. a mm-hmm. long time. Long time. Because I remember at that point, so for you guys, uh, that was when Mickey had started reaching back out to the family mm-hmm. some more and we were getting more contact with him simply because he needed the family's help, right? And like, yeah. that's what family does. We help mm-hmm. each other. That's what family stands yep. for. Forget about me, I love you. Yep. Um, and yeah. <laughs> it works, it works. <laughs> I just thought there a second after you said that, I was like, wait, I think that's an acronym. <laughs> it is, Son of it a is, bitch, it is. Fucker, that's good. <laughs> I got tons of these one-liners in my enemy. I like that, I don't remember it right now, but I like <laughs> <laughs> um, it. It's like Mickey and I had, I think I was, oh, Probably like 14 to 16 around that point. So it's close to like eight years ago now. Um, but it was. <laughs> just use the normal <laughs> one, damn it. Well, it wasn't, the click click wasn't the same because I knew where I was my phone. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, kind of, I had this little routine, that sound, I was missing the sound. I need the sound. I, know, like, I need the beat there. It wasn't getting the same effect. It's like Max and the guy. I know. <laughs> Poor Maxwell. Boy, he's so bruised. Oh, my God. Oh. He's, he's bass the hell out of he, there, yeah, too. He gets, once he's hot, he comes back in. He, um, yeah. And it was hot today. Yes, it was. Um, but, so I sent you into, so you cut off all your drugs, mm-hmm. sent you into a crazy mania, and all of that shock to your system also caused you to have a stroke. Yep. Um, so then, kind of like my next area is, was that like your, like your rock bottom, or where's like the rock bottom when you would consider you at your worst? And what was, if it wasn't that, what was like the transitionary period, and what did you have to go through to get from where you were to the rock bottom. You know, I would come, it would, it would be, that would be just because of the time span. Um, but, you know, recently um, when I we had the problem, I don't even remember when it happened, but it's the only other time that it had happened um, that I ran out of medicine. It, I didn't, you know, Is that when you were rapid cycling? Yeah, and that was just within this past what, year, I guess. Um, yeah. And that was very, that this last episode um, was very intense. 
and it lasted longer than a normal episode. During my divorce, I don't consider any of that normal just because there were so many triggers and, and, and life yeah. uh, life happening that just would normally trigger someone into the things that... Yeah, not only unable to regulate, but you, had, you guys, he had, like, some serious... We won't get into it. Yeah, it was... It's a whole lot, but, like... Yeah, just things that are normal. a person yeah. just throwing it yeah. at his way. Yeah, and, and so there's it's just a whole different degree of, of craziness uh, during that period. So I, don't, I can't look at that as as a, 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 a down because of the disorder. There are so many other life things that were affecting that four-year period that I, it, I, that's not just because of the disorder. You know, the suicide, there were so many things that involved. I would never have considered it if I wasn't in a manic state because I don't, that's not how my brain works when it's normal. I would never have considered a suicide or never had suicidal ideology if I wasn't in a manic state because I don't, that doesn't, that's not how my brain works when it is regulated. So I do know that. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, this last time when I started rapid cycling, I wanted to die because I couldn't control anything. And the, we couldn't get the medicine to regulate. It just wasn't clicking. And it just, it was so miserable that I, 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 the suicidal ideologies started getting stronger because I didn't think it was going to stop. I honestly didn't think it was going to stop. I thought that that's how my life was going to start being because I started, started just cycling and going back and forth. And they didn't think that that would happen. How fast were you cycling? Because I, oh, I guess, how fast were you cycling? And then what is like a normal cycle for like a manic manic episode and then a manic depressive episode? You know, it's I would I've never cycled where I've gone from one to right into the other in a row and just okay. kept doing that. I've always been I've always gone into a manic state and, and you know then you'll get regulated and get back your medicine and that because um, I've always been you know the times that I've gone into these states have been you know for as long as I've you know, been diagnosed and known what it was and been able to, to regulate it. Um, I've, I've only had, you know, gone into them with um, intense, you know, maybe four or five times where they've, where they've been, you know, pretty intense, but it's always been because of the medicine. And so, you know, within the last, what, 20 years, four or five times I've had a problem with the medicine, and those four or five times are the times that have been the worst, where it's been, you know, and so... Um, but this last time when I started cycling, and I don't know what is an average because when, you know, if you look at textbooks, it can be, you know, two weeks you could be in a, in a manic state um, and longer, and then it's considered a, a you know, an episode. Um, and then it can last for months. And um, really? Yes. And in, in mine, this, when I was cycling, it started lasting for months, and I just I didn't think it would stop. I, I didn't know. It seemed like it had been going on forever. Um, and I would be manic and very happy, and everything's great. And turn around, and then I would be a depression that I wanted to commit suicide, and I was crying. And then what was the, the next turnaround between those? I don't know. I don't have any idea. I don't. I don't know how. I don't even know. It's so. It's so weird, and I still because I've never experienced it before. I still try to. I always try to think about those manic episodes, and I always think about them to try to think if there's something that I can do different. To, even though I know there's not, but I always I always analyze it, and I always which mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I always do, and I always will. Um, but um, there I isn't anything. Thinkers, yeah, there there isn't anything, and I always think there's a way to, if I just did something different, it wouldn't happen to me again. Is, mm -hmm. is my thought, and that is the only thing different I can do is never have anything go wrong with the medicine, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I finally just put in place backup. Plan. I, you know, I've got extra medicine, and, and I know you're not supposed to do it, but 
I'm, I've made sure that I do, will not run out of medicine. If there becomes a problem with insurance or something, I have got my 30 to 45 days of my medicine because I will not go through what I went through before because I don't know if I go through it again, if I will come out of it again. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if I'm that strong. So I actually, I want to spend, this is not necessarily the, the outline that we <laughs> talked about, but I think this is important because every time we've talked, um, and we've, I've asked you quite a bit about this and you're always super honest, which oh, I really appreciate. Um, I'm always very honest, too honest. <laughs> but I think I think for the sake of this discussion, I think that's better for most people because most people, it's talking about their mental health is it's it's such a inter like it's such a deeply rooted thing. It's um, it, it's it's a very personal thing to everyone. It used to be for me, and I had to and, and I, I had think, to. I think that's myself. why because like when you talk about it, it's like you're. You're like, you're ripping it open. Right. You're like just like all my vulnerabilities yep. out there. And it's like yep. anybody can use that to hurt you. Yep. And now that becomes an incredibly scary thing. But like you, yeah, especially it, since you and I've been a lot closer the last couple of years. Yeah, that has never been a deter. I don't want to say deterrent, but like a reason that you wouldn't talk about it. No, and I and I I've even talked about and I've even I'm even that open and and honest about everything in a. If there's been a lecture or anything in a professional setting too, it, it, where a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't discuss it, you know, because it's a personal thing. If they were in a business setting or something like that, or a lecture, but I just figure it it is what it is, and there's nothing I can do about it. And you know, so why should I <laughs> worry about you know? I shouldn't worry about what other people think because there isn't anything I can do about it. So right, and 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 that's the one thing is you know people have to understand there isn't anything you can do about it. It is what it is. You just have to figure out how to manage it. Yeah. Um, there was, I remember, I think this was about last summer after I got back from my internship. Okay, I'll take a little bit more. Um, you and I were talking about, I think this was right around the time when you'd gone rapid cycling. Mm-hmm. Or you were talking about another time when you're in like a really, when your medicine got messed up and you're in a really mm-hmm. rough period. And I'd asked you about your suicide alley, and you gave me a very interesting, not not the response I was expecting, I guess. Oh, God, I'm afraid. Um, I wouldn't even have a clue what it was. <laughs> well, it was, it, because I asked you what it was, because this is, it was like one of the first times you kind of told me, like, well, yeah, I've mm-hmm. thought about suicide quite a bit, and attempted several times. Yep. And I know a few people who... Have I've gone to several funerals of people who have committed suicide, and personally, the closest I've ever gotten is like understanding that somebody wants something to stop so bad, right? That the only option that they deem for that to stop is just ending the life, and right. it's it's no longer about because um, I think with suicide, especially like people around them. And this is a, a really hard topic for a lot of people. So, like, if this is too hard for you guys, you just be aware of this. We're going to go for yeah. a little bit. And I'm um, very honest about it. So, a lot of people. He, will he get is it. very honest. So, I just want to give everybody that heads up yeah. before we dive too deep. Um, but it was a lot of people, like, after somebody commits suicide, a lot of people who they cared about are alive. Uh, there's, there's almost a feeling of anger mm-hmm. because it's. Why didn't you come to us? Why right. didn't like? Why, how could you leave us? Right. And especially amongst religious groups, it's oh, yeah. it's usually like like a cardinal sin, or like one of the worst 
things you can do is commit suicide. Um, but I think your and I don't want this to like validate anybody's feelings of suicide. If you're having those guys, like please, 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 please reach out to somebody. Yeah, you definitely. They're, um, yeah, but I think it's. I mean, maybe for other people who have dealt with suicide, this mm -hmm. might maybe give them a little, not necessarily closure, but better understanding of where that loved one was at. And kind of the answer that you gave me was that <laughs> you didn't really have any connection to your own life, your right. personal life. And in fact, the, the most connection you had tying you to earth, right, in this earthly life yep. was Max. Yep. And that, and the fact, like Max being here meant more to you than you being here. And the only reason yeah. you're still here is because Max needs you. Max mm -hmm. is blind, um, 100%. like partly deaf, and like he literally needs Mick to mm -hmm. live, not yeah. just because he's, you know, his best friend, but like you literally are his life, his love, his leader. One hundred percent. And oh, yeah. I mean, you got you're a terrible seeing eye human. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why he likes me so much. <laughs> um, I mean, like, and, you know, Max has, like, saved your life a couple times. It, yes, he has. And that, and, and literally, I mean, and, uh, yeah. yeah every, uh, yes, 100%. Because, and for me personally, like, I came to a point in my own spot where, like, I had the realization why I wanted, like, my panic attacks to just stop so bad. Mm -hmm. I was like, this must be what somebody who wants to commit suicide, like, this must be the point, and they just go over the edge. Right. Like, at this, because all I wanted to do is, like, I was like, I just want my panic attacks to stop. I don't ever want to have them again, because, like, I don't know when they're going to be triggered. Like, I didn't figure right. out what triggers them yet. Um, and then I realized it was how I was living was, like, I was constantly, like, just flirting with that breaking point line. Right. And once I changed that, for me, like that worked, but like for you, that's a little bit different. And there are, it is, you know, because mine is a difference in the brain, but there are things, you know, before we go on, not to interrupt that, yeah. there are things that I can do um, to help offset some of these things with lifestyle and things like that. Um, so but, you almost create a buffer. Right. So, so, so one thing that with, you know, with bipolar, I, it's not that, it's it is medicine based and that because uh, because I don't have that regulator so I have to have that put in place to to regulate because it is what it is but then there are lifestyle the healthy and the eating and and your fitness and your you know being better emotionally in that that will help me you know on the, on this other level too so obviously you know so it's not just met you know I just want to make yeah. sure that that point gets out if it if that made any sense that, yeah no no that's good so it's like the medicine gets you almost uh, like the normal, the like normal even person. or whatever, right? And the lifestyle helps you from going too far away from baseline, so that right. you don't maybe inadvertently trigger an episode. Right, right, yeah. It makes something. it makes and it makes your mind healthier and your body healthier, and and so every you know then you know just normally you think better when you're healthier and all that. So then it yeah. you know it helps your brain, and so that yeah. that all makes a difference. But if you if I don't have medicine, that doesn't help. So would you mind kind of going into your your perspective, because I remember you talking about, you had had a conversation with your therapist about your detachments from your own value of life. What, yeah, it was, it, would you explain that a little bit? You know, bit it's hard to explain depth? because, I, you know, I told, it's like I don't even, it's like I don't even, 
I don't, I don't have any emotional tie to it. It's it's very odd. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like we're talking about you know the suicide or, or wanting you know having those suicide ideologies that it's it's I have no there's no feeling there's no it's it's like I'm complete it's like it's I hate to say watching a movie of, of someone else but there's I don't have it's not like it's has any effect on me. It's not like I'm talking about something that would affect me at all. So you're there's almost no like emotional state. Physical life. Yeah, there's I don't have any emotional feeling for it at all like it would be like I was talking about someone I didn't know that had committed suicide or, or that was that I had no idea who they were it's it's like a, a for some and I don't know that's the only way I can explain it because I, I don't so when I when I feel that way or you know when I would get to that I have no it's it's like it's not even what I'm talking about it's like I'm not talking about me because I don't have it doesn't make me sad about it it doesn't you know what I mean it doesn't make me upset it's real weird and I don't yeah. know I don't have any idea if other people if I'm explaining it right or if, if that is if well, other people have that same feeling and but yeah. I don't have any there's no attachment to it at all I have no feelings about it I have no so you've you've attempted suicide a few mm-hmm. times yep what was going through your head when you were about to attempt it and then attempting it? Um, because I like being a person from the outside, like uh, for like like a normal person, right? I have a really hard time seeing how you can't have some sort of an emotional reaction. And, and I to and that. I would and I think the same thing. I mentally, I think there has that. Why wouldn't? How could you not? That's why I get confused about it because I think the exact same thing as there would have to be. Yeah. Some, but there's not, and I don't know how to. I but I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why. I don't know if. If. But there's not. <laughs> um, you know, and it's it, it it in when I. And I and I've never wanted to commit suicide because I felt worthless or I felt like I wasn't good enough. I never I know I'm damn good. I know people are gonna I mean I'm serious. <laughs> people yes, love yeah, me. No, people fucking love me. No, I love people. I mean how could you not? No I'm question. serious. No I'm serious. I'm you know I'm serious. I've worked hard, you know, people love me. I'm good. You know, I know that. I know I'm gonna be missed. I mean good lord, who wouldn't miss me? I'm I would miss me. I mean, come on. And seriously, <laughs> but I'm serious, and I'm you know, and so I the most humble you've ever met. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, you know, so I don't have that, and I never have had that thought that I am hopeless or worthless or not worth, not you know, you know. I never thought that I was below anyone or people were better. Than, Hell no, they're not better than me. You know, I never had to worry about that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a conversation with you where that is ever no. Even so and, and so that conf- and so I get confused about that. You know that confuses me when I think about it because when you talk about suicide and that that's those are the main that's like thing. yeah like they felt worthless like, right oh, and you know that there, there's always that you know that consistent theme and everything. I just I just wanted it to stop. I just wanted it to stop. My body was exhausted. My mind was exhausted. And I knew that I had tried every single thing possible that was on this earth to make this stop and make me feel better, and not one of them worked. And that's all that I knew. So and I and I had no um, and I had no emotional feeling for it. It was it was like if it stopped, it was like I was turning off a TV and it stopped. That's all. That's all it felt like to me 
when I was thinking about it that all I was going to do is turn off the TV and then, the, and then everything was just going to stop. And so there was no feeling about it at all except for that. So it was almost like that was just like your last ditch effort. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, you, you'd be, and I think that may, I'd be curious. It'd be really interesting if like we had like we're in the future and could like rewind your memories and your thoughts during one of these. <laughs> because I'd be curious if because you're manic and your brain is running so fast, because crickets described as like. You're changing totally different conversations every five seconds. Yeah. Like yeah. you get one or two sentences out about this, and you're on a totally different topic, and then you're on a totally different topic, yes. and a totally different topic, and you're just like a ping pong machine. And my brain is working and twice as fast as what's already coming out. Right. And up in my brain, what she thinks is fast, what's going on in my brain is twice as fast as what's coming out because I can't keep up. And yeah, so, so you're probably like skipping beats and what you talk. Yeah, and, not, and having no idea that any of this is going on you know what I mean as, I just think it's a normal conversation like you and I are having right now yeah yeah and you've I mean even when you are like really well regulated you do kind of naturally just bounce a lot and, more right and that's my personality which and, yeah right. I was gonna say I think it's probably why you're such a good people's person right. because we'll be at one thing I mean even this podcast so far <laughs> like it's here we'll go there oh that's tangent mm. then we'll come back oh this tangent then we'll come back oh this tangent we'll yep. come back you know that's tangent yep um, yeah and, and that's yeah and I'm and I'm you, and I'm a very high energy like person anyways and I like yep. to do a lot of things and and I and that way you and I are quite similar which right. I think is why we've gotten pretty close right. the last couple of years right. oh yeah you're like me a lot <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm 23. Hopefully, I'm not two years away from a bipolar diagnosis. But <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I hear this thing. I think you know, there's got to be something. I, you know, they say that they don't know if this is genetics or you know, or what it comes from. Well, there, everything has to be part of genetics, so it's in you somewhere. You know, there's there's some you know there's. Well, that's probably why like it's run so fast and it's like it has stop, to be genetics. Brain you know, stops. yeah. I mean, well, it could be, you know, you know, we're all, you know, when we're made, when God puts us all out here and we're getting born, it's like an assembly line. They're just popping us out. You know, he's up here in heaven. Just regulate these son bitches. We're popping these babies out left and right. So we're going through the assembly line. So we're going through the assembly line. Well, I missed. Whoever was working on the regulators that day, they were high and missed me. <laughs> just like I was, that, right I was that three percent in that factory of babies, <laughs> where they screwed up, and I got that three percent screw up, and I made it through down here just like everyone they else. Took all three percent for that batch of babies. <laughs> yep, but I'm serious because you know, you know, it's like a factory. The babies coming out, boom, 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 and that's what happened. I was on that factory on that three percent that got screwed. <laughs> Well, think about it. There's, God's got to pop out a lot of babies during the year. There's like 120,000 a day. Right, and so think about that. That's like a factory. So you're you're popping out 120,000 Camrys. Out of those 120,000, how many of them are going to have a missed uh, spark plug or a missed, you know, this? You know, realistically, you think about it on the realistic level, That's there's going to be some fuck-ups. I was a fuck-up. <laughs> In that aspect, but I'm damn good in some other ways. So, you know, I got that other, That's and I got true. five of them in my head, so there is a benefit of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I've done my shopping list while we've talked. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> 
put my notes together for this job I want to look at. <laughs> I've filled up my paperwork for my therapy appointment tomorrow. All while we've talked, you can't say that having these five voices is not a good thing. I can multitask like a motherfucker. <laughs> It's true. How many people can say that they're sitting here with you and they got all that done? (laughs) 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 Fuck, what was the question? I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, we we were talking about uh, suicidality. Yeah, that's right, the regular babies, yes. Um, See, we had to turn off the subject for a second. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... No, but with with no yeah. being having the detachment with it, I don't know what it is. And my and my therapist has tried to explain. It. They've tried to give me these different you know uh, explanations yeah, and theories and that just so you can kind of feel like you're once you kind of know what something is, it makes you feel better. That in itself, when I was diagnosed, I just felt better because I knew what it was that was making me feel this way. Although I did ask him, I said, okay, now is, is bipolar, is this the next it um, disorder? Is that why you're giving this to me? Because <laughs> I do think that in mental health, that, that you know, you think about that time and then in recent years, it, and I hate to say that in a in, in a way, but you know, I'm, I'm in the mental health, it is my thing, so I can say it. But sometimes it's, well, it's the like, it thing. I think ADHD and, and I was, has been one of those, ADHD. It just seems ADHD. like it's the it disorder at the time and I hate to say it like that but that's what it feels like and, the, and so I, and I was very and yeah and I asked my therapist I said are, am I getting diagnosed with this because it's the new it <laughs> thing or is this really what it is and and well, you know when he explained yeah. it to me is is he said you know you can't take your brain out and do surgery on it to find out exactly what it is so it, you have to base it on medicine so if the medicine works then this, is probably, then this is. is probably what it is after you've you know you've checked all these other X's off the box and everything else. So if this medicine does this, then it is. It's the same thing with you know. Um, uh, uh, um. Well, we were just talking about this with the your uh, before we got on air of depression versus depressed. Right, and that's something I just learned. Yeah, you know, because like like depression is the mental illness, which is much more right. long term and. Like, you don't find joy out of anything. And, right. Uh, you know, like, it's hard to even get yourself out of bed, uh, which... And then you have depressed, which would be, like, you're sad, you're mourning. Like, you had a life event right. occur that's causing you to be down, and it's much more of an, uh, an acute state. Or, you know, like, there, there's a very clear cause for this right. episode. Exactly. Versus depression is... Although what's interesting is there's a, an article that I just read earlier this week that depression is no longer correlated with a chemical imbalance in the brain, which that would lead me to believe it's either like trauma based mm-hmm. uh, with like with a, a recent trigger, like you had some past trauma that has been triggered by some Something current else. event, yep. or it is, and usually what tags along with trauma, as I learned in my book, The Body Keeps the Score is there's like yes it does (laughs) um, which that'll be the next question I want to ask you is get into that a little bit Uh, but it's like usually there's there's a lack of social connection because one of the biggest ways that people can regulate their emotions is how we actually perceive other people perceiving our expression of our current experience. Right. So like if we're scared and we like, it's, you can look at kids as a great example of this because they don't have any 
executive function. Like they're clear input directly to output. There's like no filter. And you always know, see kids like Amen. they get scared. <laughs> they go, they look up to their mom or dad or whoever the guardian is to see, well, what is mom or dad thinking? Is mom or dad scared? Is mom or dad you know, like stranger danger? You always know, see these little kids hide behind their parents. Yep. And then they look up to them because they're trying to judge what it, what is mom or dad feeling? Like, is right. mom cool with this person? Well, now I'm much more. If my mom is cool with the person, a stranger that I don't know. That's freaking me out because I'm two feet tall and they're six feet tall, right? They look like a freaking giant to me. Right. You know, they're three times my size. I'm like, holy shit, they're going to squash me. <laughs> um, or like, that beard is really intimidating. <laughs> oh, my God. Why does he look so mean? Why does he look so mean? Um, does he have an axe? Right. <laughs> right. But And then I look to my mom or my dad, whoever I'm with. And they're, you know, smiling. They're all joyous. And, you know, maybe they even embrace the person in a hug. Yep, then you know that. That's going to tell me that, okay, this person looks scary, but obviously my protector, my parent, feels okay. And I, I thought that was really interesting because as much as Western medicine has its place, pers- and I've mentioned this several times before in the podcast, I think Western medicine, a lot of arenas has gone too far off the walls in certain directions and missed a lot of great as areas of treatments in as far as going off in well like for health and fitness for mm-hmm. example like for diabetes you know there's no better medication if you're not insulin dependent there's no better treatment than therapeutic lifestyle exactly change right right for majority of anxiety and depression meaning mild and severe or moderate mild and moderate right therapeutic therapeutic lifestyle change which is eating healthy Mm -hmm. um exercising and having a good social life drugs do not perform any better than that right the only time drugs perform better than exercise nutrition and social like social life is in terms of severe mental illness and for depression that's like suicidality Right. Like anxiety, that would be, I would assume, like you're essentially in a manic state. Right. right. And, you know, it, it, yeah, and you have to have that. And I, so I think in that terms, Western medicine has gone too far in the direction of pharmacology reliance and not enough as get out of your house, go hang out with your friends, uh, you know, yes. take a walk yes. outside. Yes. 100%. Have a piece of fresh food, like fruits or something. So that article that depression is not correlated at all or is minimally correlated I can't remember exactly so we'll say right. minimally correlated with the chemical imbalance because right now the current treatment for for depression is SSRIs yes. antidepressants yep. um, you know like dissociatives and things that essentially make you like they make you numb to life it's, and that's like what they when I was first the depression. when I was telling you you know when I first started telling you know mom and grandma about I was feeling and I wanted to go you know, just rip my chest open they put me on antidepressants it was just yeah. automatic and then when you know you'd go 60 days and I was feeling worse well it wasn't it wasn't that there might have been something else it was that well that antidepressant wasn't the right one so we'll change it to a different one because they've got you know a, a whole laundry list of different antidepressants so it's not yeah. it's not let's look at another lifestyle change or something like that for it 
okay, let's try this. You know, it wasn't Zoloff. Let's give you Paxil. Let's give maybe, you. Well, I know it. That's what I'm like. That. Maybe you just need a good friend. Well, exactly. And, and like I, back, and you know what I was saying earlier that, that, that I have to have exactly that I there's I have to have medicine to get regulated, but I have to do the lifestyle. I, I'm the same as you. I think that your you know your social, your physical, and your eating and your your spiritual and all that connection is all that is in sync and you're healthy and you're doing all those things right um yes i have to take medicine but you're also benefiting in the same way as as everyone else that's benefiting that eats healthy and and exercises and and is spiritually connected everything you know you're a whole different person and so that helps me just as much as it helps someone else let's dive into that because and i think that'll be a good topic because your mental illness is so severe at times Mm -hmm. when it's out of whack and out of regulation how has, like, because you've had your medication for the last, like, what, two or three months? Yeah, it's been about three months now since, yeah. Really, since like, you've episode, yeah. really known, very like, consistent. every time we've talked, you mentioned, like, my drugs have been really good. 100%. I finally feel 100%. like this is the combination for this moment in yeah. time that really works for me. I mean, maybe in five years, like, something will happen, like, you have to change a little bit, but, like, for right now consistently you have said that you feel the best 100% every single conversation so that once you got your drugs regulated and maybe even prior to that how is lifestyle and eating and like sociability played into that you know it 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 plays it into it as much as it does with anything else um because if 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 I'm if I'm not healthy and if I'm not on that you know if I'm not exercising and if I'm not doing those things right then I can get a become seasonal depressed or getting depressed from because I'm unhealthy because I'm gaining weight you know what I mean all those things start affecting someone and, and making uh, so someone that's like regulated adding right, negative right. you to take, your... you take out of the bipolar and if I'm if I don't eat healthy and if I don't have all of these things in check, then I'm just like everyone else that can, you know, go start falling off the track and becoming overweight and depressed and, and things like that. So you you have to do that to be benefit yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so <coughs> let me let me see if I'm like phrasing this right. Your medication gets you to baseline, mm-hmm. and your healthy eating, living, and your healthy social life allows you to. Stay Day and excel at baseline. And, yeah, and excel and I guess actually, is a good word because you excel yeah. just like anyone else. You excel yeah, at your baseline. I can, you know I can what definitely I mean? tell. Yeah. Like, so I think excel because I don't do better. I just excel at. What well, I think that, I think you know, you're so a fully functional human. Yeah, I think I'm a fully functional like, human. Like, well, I, no, but like, no, seriously, because I can tell you, Mickey. Amen. <laughs> I've been, stri- I've been striving for that for 25 years. <laughs> But no, I mean that not just for not oh, just no, for I know, you, yeah. and I can I can definitely tell like you have a different energy about you the last couple months that 100%. I've been I've been like even in our conversations like our texting because there will be times where, like you're notorious for losing a phone 
or like just not <laughs> responding. Well, I, I honestly do. Well, okay, I, no, I okay. honestly do. The thing you is, lose I a phone, so, and I seriously do. You know, people don't think that anyone can lose things, but you see me. I lose my keys, and this oh. is a normal thing. It is, and people are like, "Oh, that's just an excuse." No, motherfuckers, listen. Look, I did laundry. I forgot that I put it in my laundry basket and threw it in the laundry with everything else. Because all I did is dump it in. <laughs> but it happens. But Guys, I do it there's all the a time. point where within six months. <laughs> Or within six months, I lose everything. I have been locked out of this building because I left my keys, and then I lost the ones on the walk, and I didn't have my fob or phone. At two o'clock in the morning, I've had to call the managers to let me in <laughs> because I could. I lost everything on the walk. I dropped my phone. My battery oh, was yeah. dead. My car was locked up. So when I say I lost the phone, I lost the fucking phone. Because <laughs> if I didn't want to talk to you, I'd just say not really interested in talking to you right now. <laughs> He'll do that. Uh, no, but there was a time where within no, yeah. six months, yeah, it's he was on his sixth iPhone 5S, which oh, is yeah, the one with easy. like the plastic case that's supposed yeah. to be like drop proof or whatever. Yeah. He was on like a sixth or seventh yeah. one within six months, and I, I hadn't had a new phone in two years. And I was like, Mickey, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then mm. we just had that whole conversation, and I was like, All right, so that, that's what, like. Honestly, I think that was when I really started to realize, like, you weren't just the metaphorically crazy uncle. <laughs> like, you were the literally crazy uncle. Because I was like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way a normal person loses their phone and has to just, just says, like, fuck it and gets a brand new one as much as you do. Listen, I, that happened. It started with the razor. The whole full thing started with the razor. I swear to God. It has been the razor on. I know the exact day that it all started with the phones. The very day that the razor phone came out, the very day it came out, I had to. I have to be in line for the first one of everything. Of so, course, yeah. Apple have the first Apple the came out. Very first. I mean, I was in line for that thing for I don't know how many days. But anyways, the razor came out, so everyone had to get the razor. It was the coolest thing. It's still my favorite phone. That day, I got it. Went home. Bent over to open up. We're gonna open up to take the cover off the pool. I didn't have the phone for an hour. And it fell into the pool because it was in my pocket and it dropped out because I would take the cover off. <laughs> it's before I got an electric cover. I should have known then. <laughs> oh, my God. That night, I went back to the phone store and bought another one because I just didn't think anything of it. But I wanted that phone because I really liked the Razor. So that night, I went back and bought the second one in the same night within a two-hour period. <laughs> Because I didn't buy any protection thing with it. And I went back and told them I dropped it in the water. Instead of just telling them it didn't work, I just went and said, man, I just dropped my phone in the fucking pool and I need another one. <laughs> you know, I need another of, I need some more ice, I need some more. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, so I, that is my, I, yeah, I have a thing for that. Um, but so anyways, what we're, oh, Bobby, you're being regulated the last couple months. Well, you know, before before I was cycling, and, and I know, I always know, and I told you, I think when we were talking on the phone, you know, this past year or so, and when I was cycling and everything, that I would know once I was on the medicine and I knew exactly what was going on and what was going to happen. I knew what I was going to, you know, because of the medicine, I knew what withdrawals I was going to go through. I knew what was going to happen. Well, I think I, if I remember correctly, you got off your last batch of meds yep. and you went on almost a totally, completely new, different, completely batch different. of meds. And it, and there had been a yeah, there was a lull in between because I was switching doctors because I had just come downtown and I had to switch all of my doctors from up there. So you have to see your new one and, and all of that. And so there was a lag in between. And so I started going off of my medicine. And so I started going getting the withdrawals. 
Um, and then when I went and saw the doctor, every doctor wants to put you on what they think is the best uh, cocktail of medicine. They all want to change it. And here's the thing I'm going to tell everyone. If you educate yourself, and if you are, I'm very in tune with the mental health, and I educate myself, and I look up the medications, and I know what works for my body and my mental health, and I know, and there's not a doctor that's going to tell me anything different because I have seen the best doctors, and I have, and the the best doctors, the ones that this set of medicine, and this prescription, and this cocktail, once it worked, it worked. And once when I'm off of it and it doesn't work, it's a whole different ballgame. So I know that this is my, this is my prescription, you know. And yeah. there is there is nothing that anyone can do. And and I learned this when uh, well when I first moved to Minnesota because everyone kept wanting to change you and wanting to put you on this and let's try this. If you if you have seen the right doctors and the right professions professionals, you've done your research and you are doing everything on your end to make sure that you're doing your healthy lifestyle and all that on your end to help yourself and you and you are in tune and you know what medicines work then insist on it even if a doctor wants to change it and you know that it works for you then insist on it, it that's as simple as that and that's finally what i did after they kept trying to because i was seeing new doctors and they all want to put you on this whole new thing and i was like eh, stop nope that doctor that put me on it when i was you know the 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 psych that finally got it right, and it's been right ever since then. And I know the difference. The difference of having regulated medicine is me right now versus a year ago or eight months ago. So, mm-hmm. so you know the difference in that person. So that is the difference in me being level, regulated, normal versus not having my medicine um, is night and day. And, and, yeah, and yeah. even if they want to try, because these doctors wanted to try different ones, and, I, and it wasn't working, and I knew it wasn't going to work, and finally I just stopped it all. Went on back on what I knew was my. So you've been on this cocktail before, then? Oh yes, and once they put yeah. me on it. Oh yeah, this and I was in. I put myself in in a, in a treatment program for bipolar because nothing was working, and I had to get. And this the doctor was amazing, the psychiatrist, and and you know I, you do all these group things. It was so funny because I call them the claw because you're in this group therapy, and the psychiatrist comes out and pulls a person out once a week. You know, he would just, he'd be so quiet, he'd pop his head in your group therapy and point to someone who's at their therapy time for that day and pick him out there. And I'm like, well, here comes the fucking claw pulling someone out. Well, everyone else gets pulled out once a week. I got pulled out every day by the claw because none of my medicine was working, but he was really focused on finding out what the, the mix of things were that worked. And so he literally pulled me out every day for that, that whole time, the first 30 days that I was in there. Do you know um, what doctor this was? Just in case, like somebody listening, he, do you know? Well, you know, he, he doesn't do. He, he has it's, it's through a line of health, but he doesn't do. He doesn't take any patients because I I couldn't see him once I was out of that program. Mm. I couldn't keep seeing him anymore because mm. he only he doesn't take any outside patients other than that are going through that. And that was uh, through program. a line of health. Yeah, it was through a said. line of health, and it was the one in Coon Rapids. I can't remember what it was, but you know, okay. I call him the claw. But I'm telling you what, he was so dedicated and focused on getting what was right not only he wanted to know how the medicine was making you feel physically not only if it made you feel better but are you having aches and pains are you having joint pains from it are you getting this you know is it helping you but are you getting sore from it is that side effect because then you're gonna you don't want to deal with that so you know he was very very in tune on what it was doing to your body and your mind yeah um and and he was very 
you know, honest on how long it would take to work. And, you know, because one of the medicines he gave me that it literally worked within two days. And I, so I went back to when he poked me out of class, the clock came in. And the other ones just started looking at me because they thought I was crazy. How can you be crazy with a bunch of crazies? And I was the top crazy. I mean, you're in a room I mean, full you of do crazies. It, you, have five of the, you do have five voices in your And hands. I did get five. I got five plaques. Um, when it was at the end of the thing, when I left, they gave me five plaques. <laughs> but seriously, That's I mean, hilarious. seriously, how can you be the craziest without the craziest? But, um, so yeah, so. <laughs> so I want to actually, I have two things I want to uh, end on. One being, what has been, because you, and you just mentioned like your relationship with the drugs and your body. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score, and you've talked about this too, like your body communicates to you, right? Yes, like, it does. like your physical, so the neck down communicates to you and I, I'm pretty sure I remember you saying like there's maybe this hat maybe this wasn't true but at one point like you had mentioned you were starting to understand like when your body was just about to flip into a state yes um, so what has your reaction been with like almost like reunifying your mind and body during the last it, couple know, of years. Well, it's something that I've really just had to really just learn within this past year um, because I I do, my body does tell me, I you know, the, I, get, I get more of a, because like I was telling you earlier, I don't get a signal that I'm going into a manic depressive state. Um, I just go, you know, yeah. but my body does tell me when there's something wrong. Physically, it tells me with in like I was saying that doctor would ask me, "Do you have joint pains? Do you have this? You know?" And there would be you know migraines. Um, I would you know if I start getting migraines so long in a row, I know that there's something that's changed, and I need to pay attention to this or go see somebody. Right, go connect. see someone because my body. And so there's almost like precursor signs. Yeah, it, like yeah. before you just like jump into the deep end or jump up into the, like the skydiving yep. station. Your body, you've kind of started to recognize that your body's like... If, if I have certain... Yeah, if, I, if those certain things... And then I start to pay attention. Well, I, I, shouldn't ha- I shouldn't be having migraines like this. So, okay, what's going on? You know, so then... And so, but you, I, I'm very attuned and I read a lot and I, I pay a lot of attention to that myself because once I found out what worked for me and I felt good, I had never felt that way before. Never in my entire life had I ever felt... Regulated, normal, whatever. I had no idea. Guys, I want to give you a, a little picture of what Mickey's like, <laughs> body language went. So this whole time, like whenever he's talking about like his suicide, like his really rough points, he's rubbing his legs, or he's scratching an arm, or he's talking about his his beard. At that point, he he closed his eyes. He had just a slight <laughs> smile on his face. And I could physically see his shoulders <laughs> drop. That's funny. And he, he almost, it almost looked like you exhaled. Because you're just like, <laughs> it felt funny. good. Like it was just, it was release. amazing. It was amazing. Amazing. And that's funny. So I just want to say like, like that it's not just his words, guys, <laughs> like that he's talking about. But that's his, funny. Mickey's body responded to <laughs> him like. Oh, remember because like he closed his eyes and then it was like his shoulders went up on the inhale and he was that is so funny oh yeah it was yeah 
So I just want to give you guys that picture because I didn't even realize that I had no idea I was oh, going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching you this whole time. I was going to talk to you after, once we got off Oh, that's air, funny. That's funny. I haven't even paid attention to it. Yeah. I think you'll... Yeah, we'll talk more after air. But I think, that's funny. Because <laughs> your body tells me like exactly like how you're feeling. Oh, probably. By oh, what you probably. do. Probably. Like, I don't have to hear your words to tell you like... Oh, yeah. To see if you're well, in I'm telling stress, you, you know, here's the deal. Or if you're and here's the deal with right. communication. I always like a teaching moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, your your words are not the first form of communication. Your body language is. It's less than you, 10%. Yes, that's exactly like the, right. It's the, actually the, the last. The words are your last. words yeah. you use. Are yeah. the very last part of communication. So yeah. you, you don't even have to listen to someone. And, and you can read them. And, and they had, like, body like all the first movies were silent films. Yeah, exactly. So well, I guess my body language just kind of gave it away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very clear. Well, very easy to we read know what works for me. <laughs> Same with those couple girls earlier. Your bio language gave that away too. Well, I'm such a whore. <laughs> you know, and I, I did. I did try to blame that on my disorder because that is that is there is a huge there's a big thing about that and with our family anyways we're always so freaking horny well and I then mean, and then you put the, then you put this this that side <laughs> of it on with the with the bipolar and you become manic and it's a whole different ball game. But I'm telling you, uh, oh, I'm, and that's no joke. <laughs> well, because and, and it's seriously, it's seriously a big problem because you don't make you don't make decisions, and so you don't make and you know everything is you know thing is just like I want. Yeah, and you and you don't and you don't. There's nothing. There's yeah. It's a really weird, and it's that and it's that pleasure point because um, it's trying to reach that whatever that extreme is when you're manic and so it's you know like spending all that money and gambling and you know doing that and all that there's you're, that you're chasing the high the, that right, you're already yeah. at right right and so with me when I was manic I'm already horny so when I manic I was like son of a bitch you are you are a horn dog to say oh my god I was in that I mean I was literally I, well sometimes still am literally in the one ads looking to see who's gonna be in town oh god Oh my god. Guys, no, it's, a please, it's a serious thing. Please, it's a serious thing. Please just make just just think through your decisions if you're going to have multiple sexual partners. Well, that's exactly right. And that's that's what I'm that's what I'm joking about this the joking aside. That's the point I was trying to make is that you don't you don't you, when you're in a manic, you don't make rational decisions. So all of that yeah. To me is and that's and actually that is it's one of the th- questionnaires when you when you go to see when they want to find out you know when you go to see your doctor about if you know all the mental health questions to see if you're in a manic state and you know to reevaluate you that is one of the things and of course when I always check them off <laughs> I always sit down there they'll go through my stuff because I'm very honest <laughs> they're in this you're incredibly so, honest so looking at your paperwork you're in the middle of a manic state right now aren't you <laughs> And it's normally it's like, so do you think you could be going into one? They look at mine and they say, so you're in the middle of a manic state right now. You've been hypersexuality. <laughs> oh my god! But I mean, it's it's a serious it's a serious thing, and so that's a good for me. It's a good sign that that's another one, just like migraines. You, you know, if yeah, I'm going through five, six, six, six different excessively differently, differently friends. I mean, that's you know, that's something. And all joking aside, because it is funny, but uh, if it wasn't funny, you know, when you're looking, you know, five, six different partners, you know, a week and that, you obviously start thinking that there's a problem, but when you're manic, it's not a, 
Maybe that's just an average week. Maybe when you're not. It's <laughs> not a problem. I think for the average person, five or six partners in a week might in a week be a might be a little problem. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's like almost every night you're having a different partner. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that would be a lot. There, cause, well, some, like, unless you go people, just in a spurt. You know, you might have those couple week periods where you do that. That's fine. I know when I got divorced, I was on a 19-day focus, literally focus, because we were together 19 years, and I wanted to sleep with someone different for 19 days in a month. I gave myself 30 days, 30 days to do 19 days. And what did I get to? I think I got to 14. Oh, God. I think it was 14, 14 or 15. I was so close. I was so close. But I'm telling you what, you start getting to that number... I'm telling you, it's like after last call at the bars. <laughs> That's what's left. <laughs> Mickey, oh Mickey. I, seriously, that was the one thing. Seriously though, but you think about, it, I thought that's a good, that's a good thing, for me to to emotionally and physically get this out of my system. I'd, a different person for every year that we were married. I don't know if that's the healthiest thing, but you should have seen the friends that I had trying to hook me up. Because I had to have everyone. I mean, that's a lot of people in 30 days. It is actually like a job. It was not fun <laughs> towards the end. But I had committed. <laughs> it seriously was not fun at all. <laughs> you have to join. You know, how many, you know how many dating sites you have to join? Because it's all numbers. It is literally all numbers. So you, have, you, know, you join like three or four of these different dating sites. And then you have to get out there and you're paying all these people. And it's numbers. It is literally numbers. It's just like anything else. Raising money or anything. It's all numbers. You go with, you hit 50 people, boom. There can be one or two in that 50. So it's all numbers. All right, so. <laughs> I have no idea what got in Let's, let, this is the alcohol speaking at this point. But let's get into the last question because we're over two hours at this point. Oh. I forgot that that was still even on. <laughs> let's. Oh my god! Was this really a good idea? I forgot that that was even well. Let's just it was a good idea. That last part, let's just skip that because that was just well. I don't edit anything, so that's gonna be in there, Mick. All right, so for all of you, nothing to do with the disorder. That was just my mind being crazy. Welcome to my family, friends. A bunch of horn dogs (laughs) were fucked up in the head. Um, anyways, okay, so last question, all seriousness, if you had to give advice to somebody who is going, who is thinking they're suffering from mental illness, Mm -hmm. that's question first, uh, what advice would you give or somebody who, who is witnessing somebody who they think is going through it and is not seeking help? What advice would you give to somebody going through it? and witnessing a loved one going through it? Well, the witnessing part, you know, that's really hard to say because, you know, it depends on, it depends on the other person's um, functionality, I guess, because if they're witnessing someone that is an able body that's working, you know, doing everything, but they, you know, that person just knows they're, you know, they've got something that's, you know, that's a whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, that's so, like they've confided in somebody like a good friend. You know, if they've confided, you know, if they've confided in this, if it's someone that all a person can do for someone, or if for me, I guess, and I'm, I hate to say that because I'm so different with everything, but, you know, the only thing that someone can do is if someone, you know, everyone says, you know, offer this and offer that, you're not paying attention. You know, I, for me, if, 
if I'm in a, a manic state or something like that, and someone comes and and tries to you know can can do, or to offer me help or you know that kind of stuff, it's it doesn't go anywhere because you're not your brain isn't isn't attaching to that, you know. So it's it's not so someone coming to help you, it's not gonna. For me, it's there's that's not gonna that's not gonna help. All they can do is be supportive of me, and if I stumble and fall during the process of me, you know, getting help or getting better, if I'm in an episode, and if I'm medicine regulated, the episodes are far and few in between, and that's very important. That's mm-hmm. very important. It's nothing like what you've seen in the last, you know, since we started getting close. It's nothing like that. It, you know, once yeah, I'm regulated, you this is yeah. That's you, you know, from here on out, because I know, you know, I stay on this medicine regime. I'm. There's no hiccups, which there won't be now. I put a backup protection with my medicine in place, so I have, you know, that. So there isn't. I know what has to happen with that, and I know it's medicine, and so that will never happen again. So you're going to see such a difference of any episodes, you know, that's going to be far and few in between. Um, so that's and that's one good thing about that. And you'll start noticing that. You know, just start paying attention. Well, you probably will. That you'll notice that you know, you won't see these or notice these episodes the next six months or things like that. And you don't have that because it's just. I'm regulated medicine, and I'm keeping myself healthy. So, yeah, the, between those two together. So you're saying maybe somebody like, witnessing it just be just a good be, friend. Just be a good friend. Just there isn't be there you for can't, somebody. Yeah, you can't tell them that they need to get help. You can't, you know, do that because that's you know all you're gonna do is frustrate them. Just be there for them. So just, just just walk through the hellfire with just them. Wa- yeah, just walk through with them and just go side by side. And you know when they crash, you know offer as much as I you think. can offer to help them. But there, it, it's. And it's not it's not like something where they have to help themselves. It's not it's not that type of a thing, um, but it it's it's just uh, I don't know how to explain it. But there, you can't do it for them, but you can if it's if you can be you can be there for them. You can't be there with them. them. Yeah, yeah. But you can't do the work for, for them. them. And, and you I think that's that's really good to hear because I think a lot of I know in high school. Usually, like what they say, and I still think this does this necessarily like holds true, especially if somebody's maybe like suicidal or harming themselves. Call call a professional. Exactly, you know, right? That's exactly right. But I th- I think from the vast majority of people who are going through uh, a bout of mental illness, mm-hmm. distress, or they're having an episode of mental illness, maybe they are ang- maybe yep. they are anxiety prone and they're going through yep. a really stressful period of life, or they're they have depression and they're going through another bout of depression. Um, I think usually like what we're told isn't just to be there for our friends. Right. It's to, it's almost to pass the blame. It's to call a professional, let somebody who's there deal with it. And I think, which I think in certain, certain circumstances, specifically if somebody's harming themselves right. or others, right. That is appropriate, right? Right, because they need 100%. more help. Exactly. They need more help than what you're able to offer. Right. Exactly. Um, but I think which that is hopefully farther and fewer between the not. Right. Uh, and I think for most of the people who are just stressed out about life and they don't necessarily know how to handle whatever they're going through or they're depressed because they have too much on their plate and it's overwhelming and they're just they can't deal with it anymore. Right. I think the fact that you saying just be there as a friend and listen to them actually hear them out not trying to tell them they need to do this or to that but just be there for them Mm -hmm. and try to understand where they're coming from is probably 
that's probably what the person needs, honestly, because they exactly know, because they probably know that, yes. Yes. that they're not normal at that point, or right. that they're not where they should, where they normally feel. Right. Because right. even people who are depressed or anxiety prone, like they, everybody has a baseline. Right. Whether you visit that, whether you visit baseline every great once in a blue moon, or you're there regularly and you just right. sporadically go off planets. I feel like everybody kind of knows roughly what baseline is. Yes. And if somebody is off baseline, for the most part, yep. they're going to know. And I think, like, I think being there for somebody is probably some really great advice. You know, definitely. If you're a family member, I think, and, and they know. Like, with my family, you know, your dad and, and Deanne, everyone knows that mine is medicine based if they if for them to do something for me it's if i'm not on the medicine or if i for some stupid reason decide that i don't need it anymore and don't want to take it anymore and go off of it then the family then they know that i'm doing we know how to step in yes then then there is something you can do about it you yeah. know there is something that as as a, a family member a loved one you can do something about because you know that it isn't anything that bet the medicine and, and for some reason I'm not taking or I'm not doing it so but well, as a family member yeah. yes you can do something then well and we also know you that your rational something. self wants to be on medicine uh, I 100% like I said once I was just like <laughs> your rational self like you have I know never... that that's what it is so it's you know I've accepted that and once I like I said once I got it and it and everything just came to be it was well it was just a whole other game I was just like in heaven so there's nothing, so then, yeah. Yeah. So then the last bit I want to ask you about, because you've really done a lot to fortify yourself, educate yourself, and prepare mm -hmm. yourself for all these, because I think in a large part because your condition is so severe when it is severe. Yeah, yeah I was blessed with the good ones. <laughs> what, what would you recommend, like what advice would you give to somebody who's going through their own, maybe not necessarily bipolar, but just like their own mental health struggles right now? What would you tell that person? How would you tell them to either go about with the doctor, like would you tell them to You know, honestly, I, no, I don't. I don't because I don't, and honestly, I don't, there isn't anything, and I hate to say this because, but there isn't anything I would tell anyone because when they're there's nothing i can say that they would listen to explain that just a little because bit because they're, they're not they're not they're not i'm not and they're not you know in that state it's they're not registering and they're that's me telling or giving advice to someone that's in a depressive state or manic or you know going through a mental health thing isn't going to make a difference because it's not going to register mentally with them and physically with them where they're gonna where it's gonna make a difference because it's there's nothing because I've been in that state and I know that there's and maybe it's because I don't have a connection I guess I shouldn't say that but because like I was telling you earlier I don't have that connection so to me when someone says that I don't have that connection like they're talking to me about if it was suicide or anything because I don't have yeah that that tie okay. to it because it's does that make sense so I don't want to say that I hate yeah you know, so, I, so now I kind of feel bad about saying that because I don't know if because I don't have that connection I don't I wouldn't, I would think that if I, someone else in mental health doesn't have that connection either, but I don't have any idea. See, but let me, sense? let me, yeah, <laughs> let me just try and summarize this, make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Because when you personally are in either a manic or a manic depressive mm -hmm. episode, anybody, anything anybody says to you to like alter 
your state, it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Is that correct? It, yeah, and it's not, and it's not that I'm not paying attention to them, and it's not that I'm not hearing them, and it's not that I don't know, but I don't have that connection. So it's so you just don't. It doesn't. You can see like it's oh, not like I'm talking a, right, but it's, B, but, but it's not no, like it's affecting me, and it's not like we're talking about me. You're even still though, watching that But movie. I know, but I know, but I, it doesn't feel that way. But I know that we are, and I you're know still that watching that I movie. Am. When you're in that state, you're watching the movie, and you're like, oh, they're talking about the movie. Right, not right, me. right. So, so in that state, okay. I don't, there's no. So there's nothing that, as someone giving advice, that I could give them because I know that it's not gonna. Make okay. a difference and register. I guess let me phrase this, phrase this a little bit differently because. But I, I hate to, no, I hate to interrupt you, but I hate to say that because I don't know if 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 people are in like I said with this this disconnect, it's a weird. I don't know if that anyone else goes through that. So, I would hate to say to not if someone's listening to not give advice to someone. Well, I think, what but, about somebody who who struggles with mental illness, mm-hmm. but they're when they hear this episode, they're at baseline. Mm-hmm. So there's somebody who struggles with anxiety, depression, um, personality disorder, but when they listen to this conversation, they are at baseline, mm-hmm. or they know somebody who is at baseline, so they're thinking rational, but they have these struggles at other points in their life. What would you tell that person? Because you're currently at baseline, but you know what the not baseline experiences what work. I would tell them is what worked for me and I would you know to preface it as just something that I have you know the same type of symptoms or whatever things and this is what this medicine worked for me and this combination worked for me and, and kept me at baseline um, what did you do in it, terms of because you talked about like you're you're really educated and you become in tune with very your body. I'm, I'm very obsessed I, with it Dive in a little bit more because I think like the medication for you is more specific, like more personal. And it's very specific. It's very specific. Yes. Yeah. So. So maybe, and this maybe let's word this a little bit different. What aside from specific medications, right? Because like you talked about, you went and you educated yourself a lot. I about it. A what lot. was aside from knowing the specific like I need drug A, mm-hmm. Z, X two. I was and a fir- w, I was a firm what believer. What else did you I, do to I went, prepare yourself? I went I went through and researched everything. I mean, I became obsessed about it because I knew that there was a way to stop whatever it was that was going on. Because some of the combinations, part of them would work with the medication, and part of them would you know. But there was never a full until I you know got the full thing. Um, and I just literally started diving in and and just, do, I mean, I was doing research on every antidepressant they wanted me to go on. I would not go on one unless I researched it before. So if they told me they wanted to switch me to this one, I was like, okay, but I need some time because I'm going to research. I'm going to find out what side effects are. Why are we switching this and that? Because <clears throat> I needed to know why one worked and why one didn't. And I didn't want to go through the rest of my life switching. I, I just I was a firm believer that there just had to be something that you know that was going to work that I just wasn't going to have to keep chasing this. Or, yeah, I just there had to be yeah, there had to be a combination because I knew that I I knew I was crazy, but I knew I wasn't so crazy that there wasn't something that was going to work because it worked <laughs> yeah, for everyone else. But I just knew it, and so and I wanted to, and I knew that there was a lot of people just threw the depression around and threw the word depressed around and they didn't they didn't tie in the physical aspect and how that can 
change you better than medicine can when you start getting healthy for your depression. And, you know, that is better than medicine. There's so many lifestyle things that are better than medicine for that depression or depressed, you know, person. And I wanted to make sure that I did 100% of that. And if it still didn't work and, and, and I wasn't taking, right. So if I was doing 100% of this that should work for someone, if I was living the healthy lifestyle, I was exercising, I had, you know, the jobs, the, the social, you know, all those things in line as best as anyone can, you know, then, and all those are not, and I'm still going through what I'm going through and it's not working, then we need to check on this. And so I, I did, I was very methodical about it once I started, you know, understanding what it was and started reading about it. And so when doctors talk to me about it, I know more about it than they do when it comes to my body. And I will debate any doctor that wants to change it, and they will have to have a very good and very valid reason for me to change anything I'm on unless my body starts to reject it, which is very possible because after you've been on medicine for so long, your body builds up an immune and starts rejecting it, which I know will happen. But I know myself well enough to know when that does happen, I will know and I will be, and I will be in a normal state that I will be able to adjust to it because I like myself and I like life and everything so much better when I can just see clearly and you're balanced and I'm balanced and everything. Yeah. So I know what the difference is high, low and in between. I, okay. So I want to just reiterate that. So everybody can kind of get the synopsis of it. And I actually really love that perspective and I don't hear that from too many people. People don't do that enough, and they just—it uh, it just drives me so crazy. So I want to just reiterate that loud and clear for Eric, because we're going on two and a half hours. Sure. Well, I lost a hundred pounds doing the diet and lifestyle, and I know the difference in my mental health from the hundred pounds here to the hundred pounds losing it is night and day. So you put yeah. that together with someone that already has mental health issues, it's just bam, bam, thank you, ma'am, and not with a kiss and good night. <laughs> With a kiss, good night, everybody. Okay. But <laughs> what I want to reiterate for everybody, just so that they hear it loud and clear for the people in the back, you essentially, you did you did everything you could yes. non-medically yes. first because essentially you wanted to cover all your bases. Down to the yoga and found that that is a vi that vital part for me. That's a vital part of my medicine. Is you yoga. have talked those, every yeah. single time we've ever talked about like your bipolar. You always bring up your yoga. It is one hundred percent. You know, for me, it's medicine. And so, and I had to do, and I learned that through going through everything possible to make myself healthy in that before I started looking at medicine. And I think this is a, a really. I want to really emphasize this point because I think, especially with mental illness, for sure, this is something that a lot of people. Don't do. And what I heard from what you just explained is you took the most extreme form of ownership mm -hmm. of your diagnosis and to the point where you're willing to debate doctors 100%. who went to 100%. 8, 12, 16 years of school for this specific class I will get on stage and debate anyone on diseases yes. and I think that is so important mm -hmm. because I think one of the biggest things that mental health and like the whole industry of it has come to is that people they start to feel these symptoms right and I just graduated college in December right so just 8 months ago right guys not that long ago and I cannot tell you how many of my classmates I told you 
and let's be honest, right? Like, every single one of my classmates had all of their bas- basic life needs covered. Mm-hmm. The only big stress in our life, which when you look at the whole picture, doesn't mean jack shit, is homework, right. tests, and, you know, essentially being knowledgeable enough for somebody else to, for somebody else to say, yes, this person knows XYZ material. It has nothing to do with our survival. It has nothing to do with our flourishing as a human. Because let's be honest, guys, like the basic human needs, shelter, food, water, and social connection. A tight social connection. Are... (laughs) I know what you were trying to get at there. five foot (laughs) two. Shut up, Mickey. But those, like, four things are so... 100%. I don't want to say easy to come by, but they're they're, they're so basic that homework and exams and grades should not trump that, right? And I know people who give up their sleep. Mm. I personally have given up many a nights of sleep, many hours of sleep. I know people who have harmed themselves mentally just to achieve a grade, and it's like, okay, guys... Every single graduate I've ever talked to, their their job after college doesn't look at their GPA. No. Did you graduate college? Yes or no. Yep, That's all they care about. They don't care if you got a three, a four point oh, or a two point right? Like they just care that you graduated college, and uh, but I think that's really important because you got ex. Obsessed, obsessed with finding, yes, of 100%. finding and out and it, yeah. understanding what is my, how is my brain, not the brain, but yep, how is mine. my yep. brain wired, yep. and how can I best set it up to get through this thing that we're calling life, yep. right? And I think that is so critical because right now, I can't. I had a roommate. They got stressed at exams. They went to the doctor. They got their pets registered as social oh, support yeah. animals. Yeah. And they got a prescription for Xanax. Yep. And they got a prescription for this. And now I yep. will say that particular roommate had legitimate concerns. They had legitimate reasons. But I also know people who oh, yeah. take yeah. Uh, they take Adderall simply to focus. Not because of ADHD or ADD, but simply because they need to get a drug. And yep. they're unwilling yes. to take the ownership of their own mind and their own life and face the fact that like look there are thi- there are a lot of things that I personally could do to improve my life before I go into medication Every, right that yes. could even that will impact the it medication will. that will impact the dosage mm-hmm. that will impact the specific combination, and you have mentioned several, almost every single time we talked about it, every single time you bring up medication, how specifically personal it is. It varied, Not only the combination, the combination yep. but the dosage yes, of the specific drugs, mm-hmm. what time of day you take them, yep. right? There are so many factors leading into this that you need all of your baseline metrics covered. Yep. Right, like simply, it's, I need to be is, eating yeah. decently healthy. 
I need to be yep. moving ever most days of the week. Every day, yep. I need to be having some social interaction yep. with people, whether that just be family, whether it right. be friends, whether yep. it be sexual partners. Yep. Like I need to have some social connection and I need not only that, I need to have a spiritual connection yep. with whether that be the, just the earth, right. whether that be Whatever that the is, universe, yep. whether that be Jesus Christ, whether that be yep. Allah, whatever your God is whether or, yeah. that be Buddha, right? Yep. Like whoever it is, yep. I need to have some sort of spiritual connection or relationship with that. And then I also need to have some sort of healthy relationship with myself. Yes. And once I have all those bases then. covered, then I can actually get to the correct. Medical, medical combination yes, and the correct combination, the dosage, the types, yep. the amounts, the frequency of the drugs that will keep me or that will get me to and with the other practices that I've built into my life, keep me at yep. this baseline yep. and this healthy level that I really, really enjoy. I feel like a normal person. Yep. I can enjoy life. I don't have a worry that I'm randomly going in to go into no, an it's, episode it's... of mental health. I can be myself. Guys, I can tell you, my Uncle Mickey, as crazy as he is, <laughs> and as much as like his body exudes like a higher level, resting, sympathetic, or like anxious response yeah. as other people, he's a higher energy person. Like Very much so. Very much so. I have not seen him consistently this cool, calm, and collected. Yeah. And I mean that oh. specifically for him. Yeah. Right? Like, he is his own version of everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I have not and seen him. the best him. version of everything. <laughs> I don't know about the best, but we'll say your own for sure. I think I'm pretty my damn good, too. My own best. <laughs> if you think you're best, that's great, Mickey. But I that's think right, I'm pretty damn good, too. <laughs> no, I... Yeah. But, I have not seen him as cool, calm, and collected as I have the last three months, three months specifically. And even I've seen him grow into this probably the last six to nine months. Really. I told you from day one when all this started happening exactly what the difference was going to be. And I knew oh, yeah. what and I it needed. Was, I knew when, how. It, guys, it was crazy anything. because like he was he was finally, like, he was at baseline. Yep. Every, the conversations we had. But he was able to tell me, he's able to project into his mind during the manic phase and the manic depressive yeah, phase that's the and say for me. the manic depressive. Yeah, very, yeah, that's very, it's, I isolate, so I stay away from everyone because what, no I mean, one wants to, you'll no be wants to two or three weeks and like I'll text you every yeah, very much so. once or <coughs> yeah. twice a week and you just won't respond like no. I'll have six messages I, in I a row ver- and I vary and, I, and my and then phone randomly is, my phone will like, go boom. into yeah my phone will go somewhere if I'm going in there and, and I isolate and, and my therapist is very they're very attuned to that too because they pay attention to what I say and if they start noticing that I started talking about something and they might notice that I started isolating myself because I am such a, a social person I'm always oh, social. And so when I start Guys, to isolate, we'll be walking this dog, random person, whether it be a cute girl, an yeah. ugly dude, Doesn't whoever, a random person on the street, he'll talk and be like, hey, how are you doing? And oh, strike yeah. up a conversation. Yeah. No, but that is what, that's a really Max big a sign for me. Wing, wingman. Yep. That's a, yes, thank God. But that, you know, the social thing, because I am so social, when I start to pull away and that, and that's another sign for family members or something that, you know, know me, that's a sign that, okay. That, you know, this is not his normal routine or his normal thing. He's starting to isolate. He's not 
contacting us like he was. He's not wanting to do boom, 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 you know. And then that's something for a family member, loved one to start paying attention to. But because for me, I'm very outgoing, and so yeah, I isolate, and I'm, I isolate myself as hard as I am outgoing, if that makes sense. Because I'm very you're outgoing, very, and, very then sure. I, and then, and then I'm very there'll yes. be zero contact. Zero. I can zero. call you. I can zero. text you. It, 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 I can email can you, and like happen. it will be. It will not happen. It will be two. Three well, I, I don't have weeks. any. I don't have anywhere. I don't put any of my communication on, so it's not. Nothing is even turned on. So when someone calls or anything, it's my phone is off, and it's in a closet. It's. I mean, when I isolate, I yeah. go and I do it in a. And and it's hard to break through. You, you well, your dad had to call the police and do a. Uh, he's come, welfare he's check. told me that like three or four times. Yeah, and that's and I don't know, and that's that's something you know. My like I was saying, my shrink pays attention to it, and it's something that I don't. I try to pay attention to it. So if I notice myself start to isolate, it's kind of another thing, you know, with yeah, others that I, with I the pay attention to. Right. And the hypersexuality. Yeah, and so it's so those type of things I pay attention to because I know those are things of myself that if I start doing those things then yeah. I'm going into this so if that's for me but I like I said with this mental health I wanted to make sure that I did everything without the drugs because I just think our society wants to put you on an antidepressant and do that to change it and, and, and I'm a firm believer in you know your health and lifestyle and that makes just as much difference as medicine and with you know mental health there's a lot that that can fix that does a better job than medicine and so I, yeah. I was very adamant about that, and I'm glad I was, um, because uh, I, if those things are, because if you can take medicine, but you're not eating healthy, and you're a slug, and you feel bad, when you, you know, those things, you feel bad. You're your isolating yourself. Yeah, not, because yeah. of this, your medicine isn't going to help, because you're already here. All, you're, so not, you're below baseline. You're below your baseline, because you already feel like yeah. shit, because you're not working out, you're not eating healthy, you know, you're... Sitting up till two in the morning, watching a movie and popcorns, and then only eating once a day. You know what I'm saying? So that whole thing, and you're you're not having the social. So you're already at shit level here. <laughs> so your medicine isn't going to do you any good. So what's the point of taking it if you're already here? So you have to be you have to be at the best that you can be yeah. to make sure that the medicine is going to do what it can be. Because you can't be your you can't be lower than your best and expect the, the medicine, medicine to take care of it. You have to be at the best that you can be, that is and the medicine so has to be good. the additive that just keeps you regulated. So, you can't be at you can't be below your best and expect the medicine no, to take care not. of it. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is such a good quote right there. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you can't. I mean, you just can't. I mean, <laughs> I, that might be the title of the episode. You can't. I mean, but, you can't, and you can't expect it to. So, okay, I want to I want to do, do one last recap of this because we're almost we're coming up at three hours. <laughs> Holy shit. This is literally double the longest episode I've ever done. Two part. We're freaking Joe Rogan over here on this freaking topic. That's right. But um, so I I think the the big two things that you've done before taking on medication mm-hmm. is one, you've really focused on awareness. Yes. Learning about your body. What are the tr- what are the things that my body and th- I also want to read here. This did not happen overnight. Like this is taking years. I'm telling you, people. (laughs) Guys, I will tell you. Absolutely nothing is overnight. Years. This is more so since him and I have gotten close over the last, especially probably like six, seven years. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I have noticed, and I can tell you firsthand, like as an outsider, 
how much more aware he is of himself mm-hmm. is when he's about to go and do an episode. Yes. Because he's probably had two, two or three really intense. Excuse me. Yeah. Really intense, dramatic. Yeah. Disrupting episodes, whether they be really manic yep. or really depressive, or at yes. one point when he was yes. rapid cycling, cycling manic, yep. depressive, manic, depressive, manic, depressive, like every other minute. Um, I still I wonder sometimes st- how I do it, how I make through it. Mickey, <laughs> all of us wonder. All of us wonder. I know, it's like, oh damn. <laughs> at this point, I just I stopped questioning. I said, that's just Uncle Mickey. That, well, that's yeah. That's yeah. just Mickey. Yeah. But I think, I think not only the awareness that you've taken, and I think obsession is a good word for it, but awareness of your, obsession of your self-awareness and obsession of your self-education yes. of your own brain and your own diagnosis and your own position in life and how your brain works is really, and then unapologetically, and you're very good at this, but unapologetically and unrelentingly stating that. Very much so. Because when you've gone to doctors, they want to change you. You said, no. Mm-hmm. I will this is what works. In this, and I will you give them to, the reasons why. I won't you just You need say to give me, I, here are my X, Y, Z, W, A, Z, A, B, C reasons. I need you to give me the other 20, you know, 18 yep. reasons of the alphabet before I'm going to change my mind because not only do I have the research to back this up, but also, I mean, you've had, you've had 30 years of experience at, exactly almost, right. at this point. But you've also had that 30 years of experience like, hey, this depre- mm-hmm. this antidepressant doesn't work, this yep. antipsychotic works really well. This, I you know, have to take this, this together regulator, one won't do this, but then the other one will do that. You know, this but, and this with like these dosages yep. works terrible, but yep. in, in these dosages works really, really well. That's exactly right. And you know what? And that is a miserable thing to have to go through because these type of medications and antipsychotics and antidepressants, they fuck with your body. And, and, you know, to get you to that point, you go through all of their, you know, stuff that you have to go through when your body goes through when you're going on. And so it's changing all of those. It was, it really was hard to learn about all these medications because you had to switch. But I knew yeah. that if I didn't learn about them, every time I went to a different doctor, every time I moved or every time something diff- was different, they would try a different combination, and once I found the combination that worked, nothing and no one was going to change that. And there how much time no, did no you? One. And this is the last question I'll ask because I think this is just to give people a realistic perspective. How much time did you spend researching and learning about the different medications and bipolar in general before, like, oh, you were unrelenting to like not debate to anybody? You know, you know. Was to, it to months, get, years? Oh, it was year, the research. No, it took me a long time to get to with the doctors to get to the point where I'm as honest with them and 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 let them know that more than five years or less than five years that I've that you've like been active. Oh, it's oh, it's been it's been it's been more than five years. Yeah. Um, okay. Because the divorce took four years, so it was before that. Um, so we're like six to ten. Yeah, yeah, and and and, okay. and once and once I got once the combination worked. Yeah, and everything was so it was, it was in pair with the research, was, and you had a really good doctor. The doctor was one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I was so lucky; he was great, and he got me for some reason 
it was it was all it was it was all because everything with it is luck. It's a combination, whatever. Mm. And you know, and the drugs that I'm on are drugs that they have taken that they've stopped prescribing because they were put out in the fifties with lithium and that. But there's no side effects. But right, now, you were with yeah, lithium for a long oh time. yeah, and, and this drug it was introduced the same time with lithium that I'm on that's worked. And you know, the doctors won't put any people on because now they have all these new ones from the last twenty years. But this one has lower side effects and it has these other things. It's not for it's an off label use. Use, but in, in this the psychiatrist, the claw told me he said this is what you need. This is and he knew exactly what it was. And bam. I am telling you what, when it was, it was, and and once that happened, there's not anyone that can change my mind, um, you know, unless they yeah. have got some valid, but I know myself, and that's what everyone with us, if you have mental health problems and issues, you have got to do your part. If you don't do your part, then they can't do their part. So, and you can't go yeah. in to this, because you can't get your mental health fixed if if you're, you're not fixing yourself, so you have to do the shit. If you're not the best, it's just, it just... I think that's a great place to end, Mickey. So, guys, I want to end this out with two calls to action. One, freaking get to know yourself, yes. right? Yes, Do the work to realize what triggers you, what makes you feel better, what makes you feel met, what makes you feel great, right? Like... What activities, what lifestyle habits, what diets. And don't apologize for it. Figure your shit out. And, and don't two, give a shit what anyone thinks. <laughs> just that. Own it. Hell yeah. Unapologetically. Because, guys, if you're not doing your part, if mm. you're not putting in the research, if you're not doing the self-reflection, the journaling, the meditation, the reading, the learning... And also connecting not only the research, but your own experience together and seeing, well, what resonates with me? What doesn't resonate with me? Well, okay, this research article explains all of this about me. And this research article explains nothing about me. But both are about anxiety and I have anxiety, right? If you're not doing your part, your part, guys, you need to extremely unapologetically and one trillion percent own your half Mm -hmm. of the equation and here's the reason why here's the reason why it is not because it is easy it is not because it feels good but it is because if you don't the people who are going to help you the medical professionals who potentially are going to prescribe medications to you the therapists who are going to talk through all your pains and your struggles and your difficulties with you, they are going to fail you. And I mean fail, F-A-I-L. Unequivocally, yep. Fail you if you are not willing to hold up your half of the bargain because they can only do as good of a job as you come prepared with. Yep. And I think throughout this whole conversation, if I've gotten one message... From Mickey, from you, <laughs> your journey has really been about understanding and unapologetically owning yourself Absolutely. and actually challenging those yes. who are supposedly the medical professionals who should know more than you on your own diagnosis 
because you have become, and I think this is such a great word for it, obsessed. Obsessed with your diagnosis. And guys, like, maybe obsession is what you're struggling with. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's personality disorder. But your mental health is one of the, if not the most important factors in your life, right? You could have the best job. You could have the best family. You could have the best career, the best wife or husband, the best kids, the best social network. But if you can't have a good life in your own head and you're uncomfortable with the company you keep when you're by yourself, none of that matters. Absolutely none of that matters. And so taking care of and putting that much effort to the point of obsession into your own brain and being okay with your own company while you're alone is worth it. Absolutely. Guys, Mickey has been on a 25-plus year journey Oh yeah. to get to where he is. He is above the age of 50. And Excuse me, that's your father. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll let 49, sure, we'll be nice to you today. He's actually uh, about 50. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but, like, guys, take the lessons that he has oh, learned over 25 years of yeah, experience. 25 years of experience. He is damn near ready to retire. <laughs> if this was a job. But... Woo. But take, it's still, but take the lesson, <laughs> but please, guys, seriously, this episode in particular, take the lessons that he has learned over trial and error and failure and success error, and yep. failure and success and trial and error and finally just unequivocally saying, fuck you, I know my own body. And that's take, pretty much what it was. I had to say that. The doctor Take those that. lessons, guys, so that you don't have to suffer. Take those lessons so that what he did, what took him 25 years, takes you five years. Yep. Takes you three years. Takes you two years. Please, 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 guys, do this for yourself. And if you aren't worth it to yourself, do it for your animals. Do it for your family. Do it for your friends. Yep. But don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, listen to the last episode and realize that you can rise up and you are stronger than you think. You're more resilient and you're capable of so much more than you think and that people tell you. You're a fucking badass, guys. That's right. You are a fucking badass. Mickey has the biggest ego of anybody I've ever met. And you know what? As much as it's a little obnoxious Mm -hmm. at some points, it's fucking true. Absolutely. You're that badass. Absolutely. You're that great. (laughs) You're that cool. You know what's wrong? You just don't think so. You're that is the right. only issue. You <laughs> That's pers- a whole other episode. <laughs> you, for whatever reason, for whatever people have told you, you just don't think you're a badass. You just don't think you're the greatest yeah. person. You just don't think like you're the nicest person. You don't think like you're the most helpful. Yes, you have your faults. Yes, you have your mistakes. Who fucking cares? Everybody does. Nobody's Jesus Christ. Okay? Nope. Own it. Love it. And make the decision today to earn a good day today and then do it tomorrow and the next day and continue to make that decision. 
Guys, you are so powerful. You're so amazing. I love you. I really hope you got some value out of this episode from the metaphorically <laughs> and quite literally crazy uncle. Amen. Michael John Kanadi. J-O-N. He is one of a, <laughs> he is one of a kind, guys. Own your struggles. Become obsessed with being the best you can. And do everything in your power to earn a good day. Adios, y'all.